Hi you guys, welcome to episode 5 of Vibing in Valentino. Before we get started with this week's guest, and I am so excited to have her on, I want to talk to you guys about my weekly weakness. So, for the past two weeks, yeah, two weeks, maybe three, I've been taking anulin powder in my coffee, my tea, and sometimes I even cook with it. I'll put it in like my pasta sauce. And what it is, is it's artichoke root and it's just fiber. So it's a prebiotic and it helps feed your healthy gut bacteria. And when you do that, you actually start to crave healthier food. So I've noticed lately that I haven't really been craving like all the bad stuff and I've been really, really in control and makes eating healthy a lot easier to do when you don't crave bullshit. But here's the catch. I tried inulin powder off of Amazon before and it did not do anything for me. I'm talking like nothing, like didn't see a change in my body, didn't feel a change. And I switched over to this brand. It's called Simply Gangster Chic by Ingrid Delamar Kenny. The brand is from Monaco, but they have sourced only UK inulin powder and it is pure 100% inulin and let me tell you the difference in my stomach. It just feels so much better. It is flatter. It feels everything feels like a lot tighter and less bloaty. I mean, I'm I'll tell you this though. The first maybe like 2-3 days I was bloated because and she told me like we me and Ingrid we DM. She's like my virtual mama. She told me like take it slow cuz because it's fiber and it's so high in fiber content, you will definitely experience bloating but then it goes away and then your stomach is like on flat flat so it's i gave it a few days followed her instructions and i take maybe like two teaspoons in my coffee or my tea in the morning and then i'll add you know i'll do that maybe two more times throughout the day because i drink a lot of coffee and a lot of tea and then if i do a meal and i can add it in like i'll add it in my scrambled eggs i'll add it in my pasta sauce soup um anything really and it really helped my my gut it just everything just feels better i highly recommend it i'm going to link it down in the show notes below and i will also link ingrid's instagram profile and you guys can go stalk her like i always do she has great recipes up and you guys can go shop her online store simply gangster chic so yeah that was my weekly weakness this week on to our guest you guys i am so excited to have her on our guest this week keeps it so fucking real she is a certified sexual health advisor she is also a contributor for bbc a british broadcasting network she runs an anonymous relationship and sex blog and has created an online community of women who relate to her raw and honest stories i found her instagram and podcast both named la 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 let me explain and I knew I had to have her on Vibing and Valentino immediately to discuss all things dating, sex, and men in this generation. Layla, welcome to Vibing and Valentino. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm so perfect. happy that you invited me on. I know, I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh, your Instagram has been a life changer. Ah, oh, that's nice to hear. Um, the time difference, though. Technology is so crazy, you guys. She is in London, and I am in LA, and we are doing this all remotely. How is your day? It's fine. What time is it there? It's 1 p.m. on Tuesday here. 
All right. Okay. So I'm I'm in the future. Yeah, I'm you are. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am on Tuesday. We were actually supposed to record this a week ago, but Instagram shut you down, girl. What the hell happened? I have no idea. It's so scary. I, I don't know what happened. A lot of people have been getting that thing recently. I don't know if you've had it where you get disabled from liking pictures. It oh, tells yeah. you that you've liked too many pictures in a row. Yeah. And yeah, that happened to me like two weeks ago. And then it happened to me on the night that I got disabled. Um, <clears throat> so it could be that. It could be somebody reporting my page. It could be a whole host of things. Instagram thinks you're a robot. Yeah. Uh, yeah so but it's really scary because there's like no one to communicate with it's it's a really it's a weird world instagram right and you just have no idea like who is reporting your page there's some haters out there for sure yeah but and it's weird to think that instagram like they don't actually i've reported so many accounts that are like promoting bullying Mm. or uh, you know promoting eating disorders or rape culture or whatever and and nothing happens you report that page and instagram's like oh they're not violating our community guidelines right so, right but then your page uh, all of a sudden yeah i don't know it could have been a number of reasons so <laughs> it is what it is i got it back fairly quickly i was happy about that but yeah, um that's yeah, all that matters yeah so tell us a little bit more about yourself that I might not have covered in the intro how did you get started with your blog and online community on dating and sex and relationships how did that even start it wasn't it it wasn't really a a planned thing I just I needed to I've always enjoyed writing Mm -hmm. and I just needed to I needed a bit of self-therapy really I always recommend to everyone that writing things down is really helpful just write your own story about what happened or even if you do bullet points about the chronological order of your last relationship or whatever yeah, it just helps you to process it and give some context to it. So I started writing just anonymously on a, a WordPress and I sent it to my best friend and she was like, wow, like, I didn't know that you could write like that. And uh, yeah, so it just went from there. She was like, you should put it out there. I was like, really? Do you think anyone would want to read it? She was like, yeah, just do it. And so I did. And people, just through word of mouth, yeah. it just caught on. Yeah. And, uh, There's like a cult yeah. following for your blog, for sure. I think it's just a load of women who've realized that it's just, it's not them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's part of it. The community kind of is like a load of people just going, oh my God, I thought it was just me who felt this way about men or I thought it was just me that got treated this way. And now I realize it's not. And I think that helps people to like not victim blame themselves um, because it's happening to so many people. So many of us can recognize it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, your stories were so real and relatable and honest. And I think that is the whole appeal and you've managed to create a really supportive community of women on Instagram as well. Yeah. Let's talk about dating in this generation because it is rough. It's like everybody hooks up and nobody dates for real. And there's like so many, like, because you live in London, right? And I live in LA and we're both in these big cities and it's like there's so many options and the outlook on all of them is trash. How the hell do you think we got here from like our grandparents' days where, you know, it seems like it was just easy. Like it was, they have it easy. Yeah, do you know what? I don't know because I I think that we can sometimes look at things with rose-tinted glasses. Like Mm -hmm. if you look back to our grandparents' generation, 
probably if you and I were born in 1935, we would have married someone in like 1950 right. uh, or 1958 or mm -hmm. whatever. And then we would have probably still been with that man until the day we died. Right. And in some cases, you can look at that and that's like, wow, they were married for 50 years. But actually, a lot of women, if we really spoke to our grandmas, to, to a large percentage of them, they were facing abuse. They did have husbands who were going out to the pub after right. work and coming home. They were looking after the children without any support. There was cheating going on. But the difference was then that women could not leave those marriages because there was not the systems in place for them to do it. Women had to be mothers. There wasn't that much in terms of um, well-paid work for women. Right. We didn't have the right to complain about abuse. We didn't even know it was abuse. That's yeah. just what you we tolerate. Yeah, dealt with it. As a woman, yeah. So while I do think that probably dating was a bit easier in the sense that you would probably go down to the local dance or whatever, you'd meet one person and you'd invest your time in mm -hmm. that person, but yeah. I don't think that, that necessarily things were any better for women right. back then. I right, think they were, just, they were just different. Um, but obviously, our dating culture is, it's a sign of the times, isn't it? Everything it is. is fast paced. To have this now, we're in credit card culture. Like our parents and our grandparents, were, well, I suppose in the 80s, that kind of thing really started where mm -hmm. it was just like, do you want something? Have it now. You don't right. need to have the money for it. You don't need to work for it. You don't need to have any savings. Get a credit card. Right. You can get it now. And it's it's a bit like that with dating. You know, you get that credit card, you buy that thing, you think that's going to make me really happy, this mm -hmm. new car or this new outfit or whatever. And then yeah. you've got it, had the dopamine hit that you get from this new thing and then all of a sudden um you need something else and and dating is is kind of no different but in 1980 you didn't have the ability to go out and meet a million people so even though you might have had that need to be chasing newness and chasing the dopamine mm -hmm. you didn't have the facilities to be able to do that right. but now you have everybody that you want at the tip of your fingers right. so we have just become really entrapped I think in this fast-paced culture I want something new I want to chase yeah. that exciting buzz mm -hmm. um, and yeah and it's it's really messed everything up big yeah. time and it's made it it's made everything a very convenient we live in a we live in a times now where we want things delivered and we want it now and we yeah. don't ever, you, we don't even want to have to move for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we even yeah. get food delivered right to our doors nowadays. Exactly, exactly. And um, we've made sex very, very convenient. I think with yeah. like, the Tinder and Bumble and all that stuff. You were just talking about it being fast paced. What do you think about the whole swiping right, left dating apps? How has that changed the whole dating scene for you? So I mean, I think it's had a, a really, a really negative impact. The, the positives of it are is that you you know for example like single mums and things like that it means that they do have the ability to meet someone even if they're stuck in their house for mm -hmm. like 14 nights in a row and you can't get out to bars and stuff because you've got kids or if you just don't even like that scene it's really good that it's enabled people who don't want to have to go out searching for people right. um, to be able to find love in their living rooms which is great but on the other hand I think what's happened is that people are chasing that high that you get when you first get a match when you first see somebody who's hot and then you're waiting for them to match you back and then you get your match and then the conversation starts you know there's this yeah. whole buzz around that and instead of people trying to reach the next buzz with that same person conversations are fizzling out really quickly because people are just like right on to the next this right. one's giving 
vibe now. Um, so I think people have become really fickle. They, mm-hmm. they don't invest anything. Um, and I think it's become a lot more about looks. Uh, I think people are far more motivated now by what somebody's pictures look like. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on on the outside because you there's so much room for miscommunication as well you can't really catch a vibe of someone necessarily over text you might be reading it in the totally wrong tone right you know so right. it, it it removes the kind of personal layer of things i think yeah uh, and it's also added a load of dangers. There's, if you watch my story highlights on Instagram, mm-hmm. I did a whole piece about um, the dangers of dating apps and yeah. the type of situations that people have found themselves in. Um, and I mean, it's you know, obviously the people that you're meeting on apps, they exist in real life. Like mm-hmm. you could bump into them in the shop or whatever. Right. But um, but it has. I, I think that the um, date rape and horrible things happening during dates have increased massively as a result of dating apps yeah i think so too because i mean people are on these dating apps mostly for one thing yeah and you're not meeting anybody in any type of real genuine way to really connect Mm. and so when you just meet online and you go on this date that's a lot of alone time in one go to me like let's say i walked outside meet someone that way that's like our first interaction and then you can get off kind of like okay like he's like a little bit weird yes it's like a vibe that you can only pick up in person yes but if that first vibe comes from a first date girl that is dangerous yeah which is why you've always got to like make provisions there are some real like safety tips that you have to follow before ever meeting anybody online i would always want to see their social media Mm -hmm. and try to make sure that the social media looks legit. If they've got three pictures and hardly any friends and all their friends look like women they've already met on Tinder, yeah. you can, you know, you want to see like a proper social media that gives you some idea that this person's got friends and has got a life and has got things going on. Yeah. Uh, I Not would just also, like three posts yeah. and sweaty <laughs> or whatever and then no friends. Exactly. Yeah, and then she... like a... Uh, make America great again oh, like God. I love Donald Trump you know what I mean oh, there's God. like little things that you can spot on on their social media that will help you to go oh maybe this is not the person for me right. um, maybe they're a bit mad but there's also stuff that you should do like make sure they don't pick you up from your house mm-hmm. uh, don't give them your address. Don't let them drop you home. Uh, make sure you're telling a friend who you're going out with. Send them a screenshot of a, a picture of that person. Tell them where you're going, what time, and let them know that you'll give them a call either way mm-hmm. so that you, you're you either going to give them a call to say, hey, everything's cool, or you're going to give them a call to say, oh, what? You've had an emergency? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that you get out of there or, or whatever but um yeah you you should you, you do need to be careful and I think a first date from a dating app should really ideally be like a coffee something in the day in a well-lit place right. and you don't have to commit a long time to it I think dinner is a mistake because then you're potentially sitting there for three courses mm-hmm. and with someone that you don't necessarily feel comfortable with right. or so it's given so much to think about I think there's a lot of people who were like married before the days of dating apps and then have like come out of relationships recently, long-term relationships, and they're like, whoa, what the hell is going on out here? It's so different. So I think you have to learn to be able to navigate that world effectively. Yeah, it's like the wild, wild west. 
over there. <laughs> My goodness. Do you know, I was interested in what you said, though, because you said there's so many options, but mm-hmm. all the options and the outlook oh, on them trash. is so trash. Do you really think that? You think that, like, do you feel like there's no hope in terms of men? I mean, honestly, I think the quality has been subpar. Not just yeah. for me um, and the guys that, you know, I've met and talked to and dated. I think I hear stories about guys from my girls and from people just around me. And it's like, it seems like everybody is struggling to find mm. their person. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. I think it's really difficult out here, and I have experienced dating before dating apps. I'm 37, mm-hmm. so for me, I've seen both sides of it, and it was, it did seem easier before, it, yeah. it, to a certain extent. But I also, I don't think that it's all a completely bleak outlook. I do have faith that. The, the right person will just come and they will enter your space at the right time. And I think a lot of us would do ourselves a lot of favors if we actually call, called off the chase mm-hmm. and didn't make life about who yeah. am I going to meet next? When yeah. am I not going to be single anymore? Ah, this is my like biggest yeah. goal in life. This is my hobby, trying to find a man. Yeah. And I think actually when you take a step back from that, things start to become you know it just feels more natural and things that are meant to come in your life you'll be open to them because I think we become so focused on that that we become this ball of like anxious dating energy and and, you know yeah and that can put prospective partners off um yeah we have to kind of what I've learned recently and I'm talking like in the past few weeks as women we are so um I don't know if aggressive is the right term. I think with men, it's kind of like, you gotta just chill and see if they care enough to do it with you not asking for it. Yes, but I also think that you've got to set the boundaries and make sure, well, first of all, they're not psychic. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that we should be made to feel that being vocal about our needs or something that's making us unhappy is something we shouldn't do in but um but yes I mean if if you've put something out there to say hey like it would really mean a lot to me if you were able to come to my city every now and then just Mm -hmm. let me know you know and then you don't just nag about it all the time right right right. there's no point in that if you put that out there then obviously if he responds by acting right Mm -hmm. then that's a great thing yeah but if you put that out there and you have to wait for like a year and he continues to do the thing that's continuing to annoy you right that that's, that's not a necessarily a great thing yeah a relationship is about mutual respect and understanding and both of you wanting to make the other one's lives easier mm-hmm. and making each other's lives easier by the very virtue of the fact that you are now in a loving n- nurturing team yeah exactly you know? exactly i think yeah um where do you draw the line between being you the other person's peace of mind in a relationship and mm. kind of being like brushing things under the rug like when does it when does it go from keeping the peace and being their peace of mind to you being like like whatever you say goes do you know what I mean yeah I do and I I I think that again like one of the most important things in a relationship is the ability to communicate with each other Mm -hmm. every good strong solid relationship is going to have ups and downs you're going to have moments where you are pissed off with them for no reason. Sometimes you're going to have moments where you're pissed off with them for a good reason. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have times when you're screaming at each other and you really feel like you hate them. And then you're going to be able to work that out fairly quickly because you, once you've calmed down, you are able to communicate with each other, you know, but that shouldn't be the foundation of your relationship. That's not what it should be based on arguments and, Mm -hmm. and whatever. Or if you ever feel like you have to tread on eggshells or brush things under the carpet to keep the peace, then it sounds like you're possibly in a toxic or abusive relationship Mm. because you should be able to express, you know, if your partner is constantly doing things that you need to go, oh, that's hurting me, that's upsetting me, that's not good enough, then that's already a sign that you're not necessarily in a good relationship. If your partner is doing those things and then you feel like you can't raise it, that's a second red flag. Of course, we shouldn't be constantly moaning at our partners. But like I say, if you feel you have to, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily right. You're not in the right relationship. Or right. you need to check, check yourself very hard in terms of what your expectations are right. of a relationship. And actually just being easy on your partner. I just see a partner as somebody who you respect and support and love so much right. that, you know, arguments do happen but your basis of your relationship is not this whole oh he hasn't done this and she hasn't done that and she's always going on and he won't you know it's like to me I just think we get stuck in in those things and we try to force a relationship to work like when it hasn't worked for the last 10 months what's the point you Mm -hmm. know especially if you don't have kids especially if you're not married and you haven't got mortgage together and all of that kind of stuff like what's the what are you fighting for right a, a relationship with the way you're fighting every day like I, right right that's just stressful yeah that's just no a point. stressful situation yeah this topic hits a little close to home abusive relationships and toxic relationships like we were just talking about so mm. what is I have been in a, an abusive relationship before like years and years ago where it was like things over time got physical Mm. But toxic and abusive aren't the same thing, right? Well, I mean, it's a fine line, I think, between toxic and abusive. Um, A toxic relationship is sometimes toxic due to incompatibility, a bit like what we were talking about before, which is not necessarily abusive, but if there's just two people who cannot get on the same page, then that can become a toxic relationship because you're just completely incompatible and you're constantly trying to tell that person to be someone else and they're constantly trying to tell you to be someone else Mm -hmm. but sometimes a toxic relationship is toxic because of one person in it because of their behavior so you have to look at whether it's the two of you together or whether it's you or whether it's your partner that's causing the the toxicity Mm. but you know abuse is quite insidious and any abusive relationship is a toxic relationship Right. But, you know, it's really important to have a look at what the red flags are for the different types of abuse. Domestic Mm -hmm. violence is not just being hit or kicked or spat at or punched or pushed or any of those things. There doesn't have to be anything physical for it to be classed as domestic abuse. Uh, It can be emotional, which is controlling behavior, coercive Mm -hmm. behavior making you feel bad about yourself, um, excessive jealousy, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the different kind of forms of mental abuse, gaslighting, making you feel like you're going crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. There's obviously sexual abuse. Uh-huh. This doesn't matter if you're in a relationship. There are always boundaries to your own body. It doesn't matter if you're married, if they are trying to have sex with you when you've said no, that is still rape. It's still mm-hmm. 
sexual abuse uh you know if people are trying to do things to you in the bedroom you know if your partner wants to do things that you're not comfortable with and they continue to do it when you've said no that is domestic abuse Mm -hmm. and you know financial abuse uh as well is quite a feature sometimes if your partner has made you become dependent on them Mm -hmm. on their money and then they withhold money and they don't you know some women are not even allowed to go out and buy tampons uh you know and that's how their partner humiliates them emotionally yeah by making them you know be in a situation where they can't support themselves they can't leave the house they can't go out and get tampons so there's lots of different forms of abuse um and they are all of course toxic people who abuse their partners just want to strip away all sense of independence that they have yeah and yeah. that is like their end goal. They just want they just want to exert some kind of power over another person. Yeah. Which is completely sickening. Yeah. And there are still people who are drawn to and I'm not just gonna say guys because girls can be abusive too. Yeah. But people who are on the abusive side of the spectrum. Like the crazy jealous ones, the ones that are controlling like some people do there are people who like that kind of behavior you know what it's weird because i you know you would think how could anyone like that and i mean i've seen so many memes or videos on instagram i posted one uh, a few weeks ago and Mm -hmm. it was this guy who was recording like a comedy skit Mm -hmm. and it was like the least funny comedy I've ever seen in my life. Oh my but he, he was pretending to be like an abusive boyfriend. And he was in the car and he was like t- taking the piss like, oh, where, where are you at? I'm, I'm going to come to your workplace now to see if you're wearing those leggings that you that make your ass look too nice. You know, oh it was all that gosh. kind of stuff. And but he was doing it in this really scary way, like he wasn't laughing or you know, it was just it was clearly it was like a parody of abusive behavior, but it wasn't funny because it was so accurate to how those kind of people behave. And um, and the most worrying thing about it was that there were so many women in the comments, like 100%, I need me a real man like this. And it was like, oh my god, and so many of them were like, this is just like my boyfriend tagging their boyfriends like this is what you're like and I was just like my god yeah what the hell like it's been so normalized yeah which is why I think we have to be really careful with social media because you perpetuate rape culture and domestic abuse through through memes and Mm -hmm. and what we uh, deem as comedy and then people go oh ha ha chill out it's it's it's, it's meant to be funny ha ha but when you normalize something like that then you know it doesn't take that long for people to to bat an eyelid when right. when they hear their neighbor screaming and their husband hitting them next door you know because yeah. oh it's normal everyone does that i saw that in a meme you know what yeah. i mean are they um, they um, confuse it with love or something exactly exactly and young women look at things like that and they see the women in the comments going yeah my man does that and they're like oh okay yeah. that's normal my man does that too cool i'm not alone there's 1500 women in the comments saying that that's normal yeah um and, and i mean of course it goes back to our our childhoods if your only role model of love was you being neglected or you watching your mum being beaten by your dad Mm -hmm. or you know all of those things lead you to have a very chaotic and disorganized future relationships uh, to relationship with yourself and with potential partners because you don't have a clue of what a functional relationship looks like you think love comes from 
being harmed or, or, or you know, yeah. the things you've witnessed happening to your mum or to, to your dad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a whole load of layers around it, you, yeah. you know, uh, as to why people stay in that kind of thing and why people attract similar kind of partners. Um, but, you know, we need to un- unfuck ourselves, right. basically. We, yeah, uh, we do before it gets it gets to a point where it's like fuck you're yeah something serious could really happen here yeah and that's where it had gotten for me with my one relationship that over time got physical mm. and I feel like there were red flags but when you're in the relationship you don't see that yeah you know what I mean it's harder to spot yeah. when it's it's not like okay all of a sudden one day he just socks you in the face like that's that's alarming but my in my case it was more so we would have like these like play fights but because of a size difference because he's you know i'm i'm like 165 centimeters and he's like 200 something centimeters tall and he's just huge and so like it would always be play fighting quote unquote would should have been a red flag but i didn't take it that way you know what i mean until yeah. one day it just got to a point where it was like, oh, this is, it, it got serious. And then that was the day I left, actually. Was so, there, like, emotionally controlling behavior before that? Or did um, it just go physical? We were both pretty controlling people in that relationship, in that particular relationship. We would go through each other's phones quite a bit. There was a lot of mistrust. Yeah. And a lot of jealousy issues, for sure. And then it came to a head in um like a physical way yeah and i was like now i'm like traumatized if you like ever like i don't know when you're about to just you know yeah lay a hand yeah Yeah. so and that's common that's like a form of post-traumatic stress disorder and i think people have got to make sure that they get the right support after Mm -hmm. experiencing some type of abuse like that to make sure that you do understand how to process it how to heal from it um and also then go on to date supportive people who you can talk to about your past so that they know why you might flinch if they move too quickly close to you or you know it's important to to be real with people if you feel safe to do that yeah and that's important to date people who you feel really comfortable to talk to and and all that kind of stuff we should never underestimate the major impact that being in a toxic or abusive relationship can have um you know and the problem with those ones is that they are often so full of passion and fire and Mm -hmm. excitement and it just feels so like wild and it can be really you know we kind of get caught up almost in the toxicity of it and it becomes the kind of pattern of the relationship and we almost enjoy it like yeah don't enjoy the arguments but you kind of thrive on the drama and yeah the drama and then we're together and now we're back together and he's now at my door throwing stones at the window and I've let him in we've had the best sex ever and I cried you know it's like it's like we want to live in a movie I was just gonna say that exact thing it's like you know we, we need to stop seeing all of this as as movies and you know it's okay to have that kind of love affair as long as it's not a dangerous one Mm -hmm. it's okay to have those wild experiences you know we all go through them and I think you have to kind of go through them in order to go oh shit that's really not what this relationship game is supposed to be about yeah but you have to try you know once you do get out and you've learned your lesson don't keep going back to class like you know what I mean learn your lesson and, and walk away from it and realize that actually 
it, you should either be single and having a really great time, but if you're going to be in a relationship because you want to be in a relationship, it should be because that relationship offers you peace and calm. Yeah. Even if that peace and calm is spent doing crazy things, partying together, having an amazing time, mm-hmm. there should still be that element. You know, your foundation should be peace and calm, yeah. Yeah. not je- jealousy and rage and, and all right. of that. Right. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people to leave a toxic cycle? You said that we end up kind of enjoying it. And not necessarily enjoying it. Um, if it's, I mean, if it's abusive, I, I wouldn't say that we necessarily enjoy the abuse. Sometimes we do if it's those fiery relationships mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily abusive. But. Yeah. There's a variety of reasons. Sometimes we excuse it because we know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Quite often in the kind of very early stages with an abusive person, they might tell you really sad stories about stuff that's happened to them in their past. Mm-hmm. You know, what their childhood was like, maybe abuse and trauma that they faced. Yeah. And then often, you know, they will target. Abusive people generally tend to go with people who are quite empathic, Um so mm. if you're an if you're an empath and you're laying in bed with a guy that you really like and he's talking to you about some awful abuse that he went through, mm-hmm. you're all going to be like, oh my god, okay, I want to support you, I want to fix you, I want to care for you. Yeah. And then when he does something really mean or evil or whatever, and then he cries after and he's like, I'm sorry. You're kind of like, oh well, I know where it came from. I know that he had a shitty childhood, yeah. and so here we are, and I need to fix him, and I can excuse that because I know where it came from. Yeah. Or you know, we stay because you can't. We kind of get used to it. Um, we feel that this is what a, a relationship consists of. This is all we're worth. We're never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And quite often, if you're in an emotionally abusive relationship, they will make you feel like it's your fault. Um, you provoked it. If only yeah. you were a little bit different, then this relationship could work. So you stay there hoping to be a bit different and trying to change, but then they always move the the, the goalposts and, you, you know, you can never please them. Um, you know, so it's it's like sometimes becomes better the devil you know, um, especially if you've had a string of, of crappy relationships, you just think, what's the point? You know, um, people get codependency mm-hmm. where they feel like they can't be on their own. Um, they feel like they can't function as a single person, so they just stay in something because it's familiar and it feels safe, even yeah. though it is safe, it just feels safer than the unknown. Um, you know, and they, and, you know, an abusive person will make you feel like you'll never get on alone without them no man will ever want you again you're ugly you know you're a mess I'm the only person who can ever love you you know these are the things that you will hear from these people um so it makes it incredibly difficult to leave it it does it does I feel like sometimes people maybe perceive love in different ways too so they want to be with somebody who loves them and they think that this is their way of showing love and it just becomes a mess yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about on and off relationships and cutting ties? Because you did a fantastic post a few weeks ago on closure on Instagram yeah. and how closure is complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Like, like, why is it so hard sometimes to cut off ties? And 
have it be this cycle that goes on for years and years where you're on and then you're off and then you're together and then you're not and then Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think that's particularly relevant in kind of not necessarily abusive or toxic relationships but just those relationships where they're a fuck boy or you know they they ghost and then they come back or they put a no label situationship on it for ages and then you go I'm not having this anymore I'm gonna end this and then mm-hmm. you go back or you have one of those passionate fiery relationships where it's on off on off I think it's the same kind of answer for all of those which is that we kind of just always I think most of us are natural born kind of optimists and if you're a natural born optimist then you kind of always think oh well maybe I know he hasn't changed the last 562 times but maybe the 563rd chance will be the time when he turns it round you know and I think again it's that kind of familiarity you go back to what you know Um, it's, it's easier to have intimacy with somebody that you know already I think obviously the on and off thing can be made worse by how the dating scene is now you go out onto the dating sure. scene and you're like, oh, my God, this dating scene is awful. I can't find anyone I want to talk to. So then you end up thinking that this person, go back to the yeah, they got me. It's so much easier than finding someone new. So there's a lot of reasons, like, why we get into those on and off relationships. But um, but if it's not serving you well, it's like self-harm. Like, it's, you know, if every single time the pattern is being repeated and you're just stuck in this cycle of on it's a good for for a minute then it goes bad again then you're over then you block them then you unblock them oh and then you God. go back and and it's just like ridiculous so there has to come a point where you're like i'm clearly not getting anywhere with this yeah uh, but you know closure what i said in my instagram post the other day is is not something that we should be going out there and trying to seek because yeah. closure doesn't come from another person it doesn't come from another person saying to you I apologize or I've changed or uh, you know mm-hmm. giving you a reason why they cheated or a reason why they ghosted or a reason for anything that doesn't give you closure it just gives them an easy an easy ride it gives them a release for their conscience but yeah. it doesn't help you in any way closure comes from you going I don't care yeah I'm gonna let it all go that yeah. relationship done now there's no need to find out what happened why something happened right. four months ago there's no it's, it's it's done the only reason it's present is because i keep thinking about it yeah that's true so yeah for me closure is is a dangerous territory i'm yeah. going to just meet for closure you know you're going to end up In having closure yeah on his, <laughs> on his dick <laughs> so yeah i just think it's a bad idea yeah yeah no closure was something that it's so internal Closure comes from when you just decide you you don't care. You're right. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. I don't care what I don't care if you cheated or if you didn't. I don't care if you were really working late that night or if you were actually out with Helen. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I don't care. Yeah. And once you get to that point of like, I really don't, I don't care. I'm not interested. I don't want to see what his mm-hmm. WhatsApp profile picture is. I don't care yeah. what his new girlfriend looks like. Like, I'm done. Yeah. And once you're truly done, that's closure. Yeah. And I don't think you get that by going to visit them one last time. No. Unless you go and visit them and they're totally bald and they've put on, like, 500 pounds. And then you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Karma and closure in one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just... I don't think it works at all. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right. You brought up such a great point because you hear it all the time. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 
Um, let's discuss the label girls have of being crazy because that there's a crazy label guys will give all their exes that had found out they cheated and left them. And then there's like the real crazy crazy because these days being quote-unquote crazy is becoming so normalized that you don't really realize it until you fucked up your relationship. Mm. What do you think constitutes crazy behavior when you're dating? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different you know, that, that, that there's a billion different things and there's a whole spectrum of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and, you know, crazy is, you have to know what the context is. So yeah. if you've just found out that your man had sex with your best friend, I, I don't think that you going absolutely fucking wild and plotting some crazy. kind of revenge, I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, it's... Relate, you know, it relates. Yeah. Um, although I don't think revenge is, is a great idea either. I'm, um, as much as I think that it kind of can feel good to do some some mad stuff like scratch his car or whatever, yeah. it just puts you in like a negative cycle. It means that then you get hit with a bill right. two weeks later when you've calmed down and you're thinking, shit, now vandalized his car. Yeah, it just doesn't feel. It's never. It's never really for me. I just don't think revenge is a good thing to do because then you do become a crazy person if you've actually you know you have the right to be emotional you have the right to be upset you have Mm -hmm. the right to express that to somebody Mm -hmm. but I think when if you take it on to damaging their staff or trying to actively hurt them then you're you're reaching the next level of actual crazy which is not rational in the context yeah if someone's harmed your child that is the only time that I advocate for like full-on fucking yeah war mate like you know but anything else is a bit like mm, you know what how and that's only because it's not like I don't want you hurting other people Mm -hmm. it's more like don't need to continue to hurt yourself by staying in this negative spiral the you know anything can happen as a result of you taking revenge so I think you know seeking mad revenge can and I don't judge anybody for it because I you know I think some people feel really great after Mm -hmm. they've put their man's toothbrush down the toilet and then let them you know, but again, or if he dies of some kind of like bug and then the rest of your life, you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I kind of like, it just doesn't feel good to me. But, but again, I don't judge people who do go down yeah. that revenge route. But I do think that certain things like around that can, can make you kind of crazy. Um, and I think, you know, if a lot of behaviors are normalized for women, again, through meme culture. Yeah. Uh, You'll see memes where it's like, oh, uh, you know, you'll see like a a video of someone like running someone over and Mm -hmm. and they'll be like, oh, me when I found someone's name on his phone. And everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. But if that was a man saying, you know, I'm going to run my my woman over if I find number in her phone, we'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, call the cops. Like, let's call the police. Exactly. So we've kind of like normalized and almost glamorized this. Like, I'm a psycho. I've got bipolar. Um. Yes. I'm mad yes. and uh, you know again like other memes that I've seen are this sort of stuff like oh when he thinks he's about to go out but you lock the door and put your lingerie on or whatever you know mm-hmm. like so again it's like we must be really careful not to normalize what we would see as controlling and abusive behavior in a man yeah. it's also controlling and abusive if, if a woman does it yeah um, I think the reason we've got to be careful about the label crazy is that often it's a term used by abusive people to describe their exes who they've either driven crazy as a result mm-hmm. of abuse or who is not crazy at all, but he needs to let you know that his ex is crazy so that if his crazy ex ever says to you, 
he beat the shit out of me or he was emotionally abusive yep. you can go oh yeah yeah i told you she was crazy yeah um so calling all of his exes crazy is a definite red flag yeah uh, but that's not to say that some people have not had crazy ex-girlfriends right. because there are some crazy women you there know there are some crazy ones out there yeah but a lot of the guys a lot of guys these days will call any girl crazy now i've noticed that and it's usually like it's like the fake crazy label where it's like oh they cheated on the girl she found out got upset and left them and mm. now she's all of a sudden crazy yeah yeah well again it's just this whole kind of we live in in a, a world of toxic masculinity yeah. and it you know it's very easy to pass women off as over emotional oh you're all mad or are you on your period or like why are you so hormonal why are you crying all the time or you know but actually our behavior is not crazy it's just who we are and how we express ourselves but it suits the kind of male narrative to undermine those behaviors of ours because right. then they don't they don't have to take us seriously right um they don't have to listen to us yeah what is the most common problem in dating that you hear about do you know what? I wouldn't say that there was, there's not one thing that's more common than anything. I get such an even amount of questions on, like, I guess there's a range of topics. There's the, the most common ones, I think, are people who have been on a few dates or started talking to somebody uh, and then things start to fizzle out and they mm -hmm. get left on blue ticks and they don't know where they stand, um, particularly if they've had sex. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of messages about that. I get a lot of messages about controlling behavior and mm. what can I do and is this wrong? Like, is it wrong that my man did this or that my girl did this? I get a lot of messages about how to get over exes that you miss oh, um, yeah. and how to get over the effects of uh, an abusive relationship, how to be able to move on without mm. being worried that everybody's going to be abusive. Yeah, I get loads, like a massive, yeah. no, you massive do. Range. Yeah, you do. I see all your polls too, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the polls are good. Yeah, what do what do you think the ghosting culture that we are having now in dating, getting left on blue ticks, like you said, like what is what is that all about? It's weird, isn't it? I think yeah. I think people have like lost the art of communication a little bit, and and I think that ghosting either happens because. I think it's kind of two reasons. Either people, either the person doesn't give a shit mm -hmm. and they really don't care about your feelings. Mm -hmm. They were in it for whatever reason. Now they've gone off you and that's the end of it. They don't, couldn't care yeah. less how you feel or they've got a girlfriend and they just can't be bothered to speak to you anymore right. or she's found your number in her phone so yeah. he's, you know, had to delete it or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, ghosting happens for, you know, there's lots of different reasons why mm -hmm. it happens. Um, and it's either because they don't give a shit or um, they just are not that into you but they don't have the balls to tell to you. To say it, yeah. To say, like, yeah, I really enjoyed that date but I don't think you're going to be the person for me. Yeah. And if more people yeah. to do that, I think it would be a lot better for everybody. It would um, be. But, yeah, so I think what people do is that the, the slow fade yeah. or they just try to let things fizzle out right and that's why we say to people no message is is a message if you're like i haven't heard from him for three weeks it was all going really well with well, that like, that you is your thought message. it was going very well yeah and it might have been going well what you had together might not have even been a lie you might have had the best three weeks of your life mm -hmm. and then god knows what happened he's had an emotional breakdown he yeah. was a prick all along he was married all along. who knows but right. i always think that we should not go, oh, I wasted three weeks. No, you didn't, actually. You had three weeks where you had a really fucking great time. Yeah. Like, appreciate that three weeks. Yeah. Uh, 
and yeah, it didn't end how you wanted it to, and that's really shit that you've been ghosted. But move on, yeah. let it go, move on. Yeah, don't take it personally, and believe that it was never meant to be. Because yeah. if it was, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, no, that's true. You really need to keep that mindset because a lot of the girls like to blame themselves. Like, oh, maybe it was something that I said. What did I do? What I want? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like, listen, like it's none of that is your fault. Like exactly, they were gonna ghost whether or not you said whatever you said or didn't. Did whatever you did or didn't. Like it was just, yeah, yeah. I think we need to put it in perspective as well because I bet every single one of us has met a guy who's actually really great. Like he's everything yeah. on paper ticks all boxes mm-hmm. great career good looking guy you know really sweet dresses yeah. well T- you know everything 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 he's got it all about him and then you go on a couple of dates with him and you get the ick and he's just yeah. not the person for you but that doesn't mean he's not an amazing guy yeah so i think we need to look at it that way as well like just because this guy is like mm, she's put me off in this way or that way it doesn't mean that you're not still hot amazing gorgeous and a fantastic catch it's just you and him weren't a match whether that was chemically or whether you know you you may never know and and you probably don't want to know what's the point in knowing why you know did he think you had a really irritating laugh do you really want to know that because all your other partners haven't thought that yeah and then one guy thinks that so you're going to spend the rest of your life not wanting to laugh right fixing your laugh (laughs) exactly you don't necessarily need to know why someone ghosted which is go back on that closure thing like just move on don't personalize it you know how do you set the premise for a relationship then and it's something that's so hard to do nowadays because so let's say we like they go on these two people go on a few dates it turns into like a situation Mm. where they're talking constantly and seeing each other constantly but it never really turns into a relationship because of a lack of titles Mm. That is, I think, another common problem that we see today, where it's yeah. kind of just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? What are we doing? What are we? Yeah. We've turned into a very prideful population as well, where we don't want to have that talk, where we're both just kind of like, oh, if you're doing you, then I'm going to do me. And then mm. it's just it just collapses like have have you seen there's a film on netflix it's called liberated the new sexual revolution no it's oh you have to watch it it's it's all it's a documentary about spring break um and they look at all these young people and how they're all interacting with each Uh other and it's this huge hookup culture but it's really dark and and really quite nasty and it's it's really led by the the boys and the men and it is just it's not even about pleasurable sex it's just about numbers like how many people can have sex with and the women are kind of involved in it as well but when you hear them speaking you realize that they're really not getting anything out of this and that actually there's it's really dark i would recommend everybody to watch it but it really highlights this whole Again, like what we spoke about before, this very fast pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to have a relationship. I'm just here to fuck. Yeah. And, um, and, and I mean, I don't think that's that different to how things have been for young people since time began. I think mm-hmm. lots of people have their university experience where it's yeah. all a bit wild. You do your experimentation or whatever, and then you settle down. Mm-hmm. But things seem to be a bit different now. It seems to have kind of permeated into adulthood and you've got like 35 year old men running about having the time of their lives not wanting to settle down um right so so i think 
I think the key to not falling into that kind of thing <clears throat> is being really boundaried about what you want. Okay. And if you know that you want a relationship, then you have to be really clear about that. And I don't yeah. mean on a first date with someone being like, I want a relationship. Are you up for that? You know, because that, that's going to put them off. But I think <laughs> They're going to run away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you want a relationship, then you date. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Like. Obviously, some relationships can start from sex on a first date. But actually, if you want to see that somebody's serious and that you want to see that somebody's engaged and involved and interested in spending time with you outside of the bedroom, then you date. You go on lots of different dates until it progresses. And then, you know, you become intimate at the point where you're kind of a bit more clear about, yeah, we're exclusive and... Mm -hmm. But I think we end up falling into situationships if it becomes sexual too early. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with things becoming sexual too early. I've had a long-term relationship off the back of early sex. Mm-hmm. But I also do think that that is the cause um, of, of this. You get sexual too early and then it's a bit difficult to kind of go anywhere from there. <clears throat> You're already sleeping right. with each other. So at what point do you say, what are we? States kind of stop happening a little bit. It's more like <clears throat> meeting oh, up at each other's houses. Yeah. Um, so, and again, I, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you are going to get confused by it and if you want a relationship, I always think that if, if you're scared to ask, what are we, then that's your answer. Because if you ask the question, you're not going to put them off. If you are something, they're going to be like, well, this is what we are. We're together. Yeah. You know, if you ask the question and they go, oh, we're nothing, then they're not saying that because you've asked the question. They're saying that because you were never anything to begin with. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It's almost like that is the that is the end point at which emotional intimacy in the early stages can ever develop. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. wild how that works. Cause it is. With girls, we can sleep with somebody and then still over time like manage to okay, we like them more after. Yeah, and that's nature, you know, like, I read this really interesting book recently by a woman called Sarah Pascoe, Mm -hmm. and it's called Animal. It's a really interesting look at, like, the whole science of being a woman, and it's really well written, I I would really recommend it. Um, And it looks at why we choose the people that we choose, not on this psychological level, but on a really baseline, you smell like me and you would have good kids, you know, and Ah. and we don't conscious of that but I can smell like for example they they do all these tests where um they put a t-shirt on um uh on a woman's dad they put another t-shirt on a pig I think and then they put another t-shirt on somebody who's really genetically like far away from this woman like Mm -hmm. total different genetics and then she doesn't know who's worn which t-shirt but she has to say smell them all and say which ones she finds more attractive and she's totally repulsed by like the smell of her dad because she's not supposed not repulsed by it but she doesn't find that attractive because you're not supposed to have babies with him right. because you're too much of a genetic you're too closely matched genetically right. and the guy's t-shirt that she did find the most attractive was the one who was the furthest genetic match away from her so their babies are likely to be more healthy oh yeah so so we are programmed to be like okay this is the one i like and we don't even know why necessarily sometimes it's the hormones and and the chemicals that just say you two will have good babies together wow Um, what's that called again animal animal by sarah pascoe okay okay i need to read that 
yeah, it's incredibly interesting. This was the point that I was going to make because you said that women get attached and men are less likely to. Uh, and that is literally because we men were programmed to, to go and spread their sperm mm-hmm. around as much of the community as, as possible. possible. They yeah. needed to impregnate as much of the community as possible. But actually what science also tells us from this book is that women were programmed to do that too. Um, you know, it's just a total myth that it was just men. Like mm-hmm. we, we were allowed to have sex with as many men as we wanted it was actually beneficial to the village and and whatever for us to raise children with different men but because women are um we we release oxytocin and things like that after we have sex which make us fall in love because falling in love means that we are going to be able to be chilled and have our pregnancies and feed our babies and nurture and stay in one place so it's that's a really interesting book to kind of put it in a bit more perspective doesn't mean that i'm kind of going Oh, men are allowed to cheat because they're programmed to. Mm-hmm. We are programmed to as well. Yeah. Uh, none of us are programmed to really to be monogamous necessarily, but we should, you know, That's being in a, a relationship does, does help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so there is there's we're, we're not just led by our brains. We are led by a, a whole load of other physiological factors that we don't even necessarily factor in. Right. You know? Right. Do you think monogamy is ever possible then? If biologically that is what happens um, to us? A lot of people would argue no. I think that there's a bit there's there's a balance isn't there? You've got psychology and you've got science. Mm-hmm. And science says actually we're kind of programmed to to go off and and it doesn't matter whether you are postmenopausal your your body doesn't know that mm-hmm. your brain doesn't know that you know your brain is still going this person would be good to have babies with yeah. doesn't matter if you're in a gay relationship nothing matters right you know it's just that pull that you have um to other people so so essentially what science says is that we're not necessarily built to be monogamous, but mm-hmm. what society has told us is that you must be monogamous mm-hmm. because a marriage is what works and mm-hmm. you have to conform to, you know, what the system wants. Yeah. And so we have been programmed uh, in that way. And then that means that we feel emotions, you know, you become attached to somebody and if they go off with somebody else, that's, you know, that's really upsetting yeah. and you know how much you're going to hurt someone if you do that. So you, whilst you've got the science making you go, oh, I need to go and have sex with that person. You've also got the psychology going, yes, but I know that this is going to hurt the person yeah. I love. I am able to control myself. Yeah. So monogamy, I think, is definitely possible, but you have to put in effort. Mm-hmm. You have um, to put in some self-control. You have to put in self-control and yeah. everybody is able to have some self-control. Yeah. Unless you've got like sex addiction or whatever going yeah, on. Then and then that's, that's a whole different like, issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think monogamy, it's a difficult thing to do. I actually don't know of a marriage that successfully, you know, like all throughout their yeah. marriage was monogamous. Like there's always been a little bit of, you know, this there and that there, but they've stayed together and they've worked through it. Yeah. You know, people think that monogamy is the bare minimum, like the least you could do. And it's like, actually, no. Yeah. Because it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, but, and I also think that it would be great. I mean, I, I'm certainly not there because I'm, I don't know if I'm securing myself enough yet. But mm-hmm. actually, wouldn't it be great to meet someone where you both felt so secure in your love for each other that you were able to go... God, I really want to fuck my coworker, and them just be like, "Cool, I'm gonna go and fuck my," you know, and then yeah. you can come back together, 
and I don't know. It would be just ideal, I think, for me, because it doesn't switch off, does it, when you're in a relationship? You do still find other people attractive, and then, you know, you don't want to betray your partner, but you don't want to be, you don't want to end it for the, the fact that you want to have sex with somebody new. Right. So, I don't know. I think, I think if people are more secure in themselves, then polyamory might work better for everybody, yeah. but... I also totally see why my monogamy is, is the right thing for most people yeah. or feels like it's the right thing, you know? Yeah. yeah, I am not, I don't know if I could ever, like I could probably never even do a threesome honestly with like me, me and my boyfriend and another girl. Like I would be, I'm so not that tight. Me neither, me neither. Yeah. I could, I could not hack it, not even one oh, bit. No, no, I would, no, that's not happening. Like you couldn't even kiss her. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, if having that freedom to do it would like make it less likely that they would and I don't mean like threesomes I mean mm-hmm. just like I don't know I think maybe sometimes cheating is almost caused by people feeling restricted or suffocated yeah. by a relationship and then yep. I, I wonder if maybe they were allowed then it wouldn't it would be less like the grass yeah like that top forbidden apple yeah forbidden yeah or, it's like when you're on a diet and you can't have that piece of cake and that's all you can exactly. think about is having that piece of cake. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, so. What do you think then is the key to like a really successful relationship? Do you think communication is king when it comes to a relationship that works? Oh, I think there's a, a lot of key things for it to make a relationship work. Um, probably communication is very high up there. Mm-hmm. Honesty trust is really important love love even before you've fallen in deep love or and even after you've come out of that in love wild fiery stage Mm -hmm. you know just a a real love for each other and really liking uh, actually liking them like not just getting into a relationship because of who they are or what they can offer you or what they look like or how great they are in bed just that you really like this person you really dig their vibe you really think that they're kind and and wonderful and um you know approval of each other is really important I think in in a in a lot of um toxic relationships there's this constant disapproval of oh you know how you're behaving or what you're doing or where you're going in life but you Mm -hmm. know just a real just approval of each other celebrating each other's successes you know a relationship where that other person makes you feel great uh makes you feel like you can be the best version of you um you know if they call if you call them up about something that you're excited about they're going to get excited with you because you know so yeah I just think kindness compassion your best friend somebody who is really genuinely your best friend And, and if you've got that then a relationship can survive most storms. Yeah, you gotta start off liking each other first. I love that you said that. Yeah, yeah. it's really important. I think a lot of us forget that. I think we just, you speak to somebody on Tinder and you're like, oh my God, I really like him. And it's yeah. like, do you, do you really even know him at this right. point? Like, do you even know him? Like, have you ever really spoken to, do you know what he sounds like? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen what he behaves like with waiters when the food is taking oh too long gosh. to come? Have you seen what he's like at a, tra- you know, in a traffic jam? Yeah. Do you know how he treats his mom? Yeah. Um, y- you know, yeah. do you really know this person? Have yeah. you really, what, what is it that you like about them that they can spell, that they keep replying to your texts <laughs> on time, that you listen to the same kind of music? Like what, is, you know, yeah. I think sometimes we, 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 it's a bit of a reach. We're like, oh, we've got so much in common. 
you don't really have that much in common. You both got the same color trainers. Like that's right. not, you know. Yeah, you guys have fun. the same app, and you guys are both on your phones a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If that's all you've got in common, then yeah. it's not. So I think we need to strip it back sometimes, and and. Mm-hmm take a look at who the person is really underneath you know all that we've made them out to be yeah you had a post I think a few was it a few weeks ago or a few days ago it was pretty recent it was about you know your friend going back to her ex and you being like what the fuck are you doing girl? oh yeah. Um, yeah yeah how much do you think you know you should really be spilling to your girls because I've been I've been that girl before where I was so hesitant to share what it went wrong because I know mm. that I would get over it before my girls will. And I don't want my best friends to hate the guy that I was with. I, I, I think that friends need to learn from that, actually, in that we probably need to be a bit easier and a bit more understanding on our uh, with our friends about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to not dramatize, like, situations if our friends are not dramatizing them but they're <clears throat> you know that only goes to a certain extent yeah if your friend is in an abusive relationship then you know you then you should be make, yeah. not make drama out of it but you should certainly you be to help them seek help yeah. yeah so I think the thing is if you're afraid of spilling your guts to your girls because you're, you're worried that they're going to end up hating your partner then I think you really need to look at your partner like mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, it, what are you doing it, wrong? That yeah, I what's he doing that I have to hide? Yeah. My what's really going on? If it's just because your friends are really dramatic, and if you say because sometimes friends can be like that, you know, a guy mm. will turn up two hours late for a first date or whatever, which is not a great sign. Yeah, I have to say. But you text your friend and they're like, "Oh my god, don't you see him now? Like, oh, what a bastard! How yeah. could he do that?" And then you think, "Well, I still want to meet up with him, and now, yeah. now you've made me feel like an idiot for meeting up with him." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I do think we have to be a bit easier on our friends and just be like, I get you, I've been there before. Like, yeah. um, But I don't think that we should stop telling our friends stuff. I think it's really important because sometimes, like you were saying before, like, you know, in toxic or abusive relationships, you're not quite sure. You don't really see the red flags until you're out of it, until yeah. you've had a bit of hindsight. Yeah. So sometimes you can be in something and you're thinking, oh, this feels a bit weird, but, and then you tell your friend and they're like, mate, that's abuse. So... I really think it's important. And if your friends hate your partner, then they hate your partner. But yeah. it's better you being in a, stuck in a, in a dodgy relationship without yeah. having any outlet or any safety net or anyone who knows what's going on. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So I think it's definitely a red flag. If you can't tell your friends what your partner is doing, if you feel like you have to lie mm-hmm. about certain things, yeah. about their job or about the, what they do or the way they speak or how they treat you then you are definitely in red flag territory yeah that's a really good point what do you think are like the three things that i think of you know taking into consideration the current dating culture and everything that women should be on the lookout for on a first date oh on a first day on on the first few dates i think it's very difficult because the beginning often what they everybody is like perfect well, yeah, and I think if they're too... First of all, I mean, a red flags for cheating in those early stages, you have to see their social media. If they say they don't have any social media, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people out there who don't have a social media, mm-hmm. especially if you've met them on a dating app. Why would you yeah. have Tinder, not Insta? Right. Um, so that's a red flag for cheating. If they only want to talk to you on Snapchat because the messages disappear, uh-huh. that's a... 
another red flag. Another if the messages flag. only happen like at certain times, like when they're at work and then around the evening time, they stop messaging at like 8 p.m. And that's it. They don't respond to the next morning. And that's consistently happening. Yeah. If they can't answer your phone calls, if they um, can't post pictures of you or, you know, there's lots yeah. of little red flags for cheating. Um, there's red flags for uh, controlling an abusive behavior. Okay. Very often in the beginning, they might do what they call love bombing. Now, love bombing is where it's incredibly intense at uh-huh. the beginning. Um, and they are really like full on. I want a relationship with yeah. you. I'm your, I'm your man. Like yeah. you know, very early on, I'm going to take you away. When we get married, I'm going to make you meet my mum. And you're literally like just started speaking to them. But it can feel lovely because all the other guys, you're like, oh, what are we? Whereas yeah, this yeah, guy, yeah. straight off, is like, no, you're beautiful. You're going to be mine, mate. You know. Right. So it can feel like, oh wow, like he's really amazing. And then they can love bomb you into something very quickly mm-hmm. where you feel like, wow, this guy's wonderful. I want to be with him too. Uh, then what they do is they turn it around very quickly. So then they start going cold. Um, you don't know where you stand with them. And then because you have, um, <clears throat> because it was so lovely at the beginning, you start oh. to feel like, oh, what can I do differently? What have I done wrong? And you don't want to walk away going, oh, he's changed into a weirdo. You stay around going, well, he's not a weirdo. He was lovely at the beginning. I must have yeah. done something wrong to make him like this. Um, and then, and he'll gaslight you to make you feel like you've made him change his behavior. And then they go nice again, and then you're hooked in again. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, so, so all of those kind of things are things to look out for. I think you just have to date with purpose. You have to know what you want. Yeah. You have to be very clear about what the risks are, immediate safety risks with dating apps and going out on dates. But you also have to be aware of some of the pink and red flags that might appear that might give you a sign that this is going to be a problem. If you're arguing in the first couple of weeks, it's going to be a problem. If you're trying to fight for this to work after 12 weeks of seeing each other, this is a problem. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think we've just got to stop glamorizing these struggle relationships and and really yeah. be get happy being single. Yeah, because I feel like you need to be happy with yourself definitely before anything and focus on focus on better you before you can focus on a better union with other people. Absolutely that, yeah. yeah. People used to say that all the time and I used to be like, oh, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? But really, mm. like, when you grow up, you realize you were just kind of like, listen, like, when you get into a relationship, have it be a situation where you guys are better as individuals and then can grow together. Yeah. Don't depend on a relationship to grow yourself. Yes, exactly. If your goal, if you really enjoy just being a homemaker and just being a wife and that is your thing because you love it, mm-hmm. then that's absolutely great. Then go for that. Make that your goal. Mm-hmm. Live happily ever after. For me, that wouldn't suit me. <clears throat> I'm just not that type of woman. Yeah. So I'm not going to become, you know, I'd love to be somebody's wife if I meet a man who's amazing and wonderful, but that's not to necessarily be his wife and and yeah. love honor and obey him and clean the house every day and be a homemaker because that's yeah. not necessarily you know that's yeah. not necessarily who I am um and so I think that women have to understand that we have the freedom to choose and that we aren't boxed in by 
a specific gender role. We don't have to behave in a certain way in a relationship to, to please a man. There are men out there for absolutely everyone. Every woman and every man has a potential, millions of potential matches for them. We don't have to try to change ourselves or conform mm -hmm. to, to find a good relationship. Yeah. We just have to be really happy and content with who we are mm -hmm. and comfortable with who we are and comfortable with being single and then we will be able to find the right relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Before we wrap up the show, we actually do a segment every week. It's called Weekly Weakness and it's whatever you're obsessed with this week. It could be anything like a product or like a TV show or you've mentioned a Netflix movie and a book already. Yes, I have. Yeah, both of those I would highly recommend. Mm -hmm. I've been obsessed with Black Mirror this week. Oh There's my the new gosh, season. the new season. Yeah, I, I just finished watching it. I watched all three in a row and it was really good. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't actually as good as the other seasons. It wasn't, but it was it was uh, Miley Cyrus is in oh one of the gosh. episodes. She's that so was good. The only episode that I've actually seen of the season and it was so good. She's such a great actress. Yeah. I didn't realize how talented she was. I know. I I feel like the last time I ever saw her on TV was like her uh, Hannah Montana days. Yeah. Yeah. Her performance, though, in this Black Mirror episode was actually out of this world. It was. She, she played uh, real well. Yeah. Yeah. She did. It, it was good. Um, there's another episode. The first episode is about these two men who start exploring their sexuality, like, on through virtual reality. Mm -hmm. And actually, it relate, if you watch that one, it relates a bit to the kind of stuff we were talking about uh, with monogamy. Oh, wow. And in the end, they work, work through that situation really well and kind of come to a good conclusion. I won't spoil it. I won't spoil yeah, yeah, it. But yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, have a watch of it. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. I need to also watch um, the Netflix movie. It's called Liberated? Mm. Okay. The new set, yeah, Liberated, the new sexual revolution. Okay. And then the book yeah, watch is it. called Animal. Animal by Sarah, S-A-R-A, Pasco, P-A-S-C-O-E. Okay. okay, perfect. I'm going to list all of that. Yeah, yeah, you would really, I think you'd really enjoy both, but yeah. definitely stick that Netflix on, but be prepared, because it it's dark. Oh my god, I'm excited to watch that. I, I <laughs> Thank you so much, Layla, for talking to me today. I know it's so late over there, and I so appreciate you coming on Vibing in Valentino and giving us all your insight on the current dating culture and signs to look out for when you are dating or in a relationship. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. If you're ever in London, you'll have to come on my podcast. Oh my God, I would be so honored. I would love to go on there and talk <laughs> about everything. Amazing. Her podcast, you guys, is called La 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 Let Me Explain. And she goes into detail about everything um, when it comes to dating and relationships and sex as well. Yeah. I highly recommend her podcast. I have been listening to her episodes for a while. And honestly, your voice, I told you this, I think, when I first started DMing you, I was like, your voice is so soothing. I could, like, oh. fall asleep. <laughs> Thanks. That's probably not good for a podcast. I just don't want everyone falling asleep no. during a podcast while they're driving. Like, you know. But, yeah, like, thank very you. Soothing. I will catch you on Instagram, and the next time I'm in London, I will definitely, definitely come on your show. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment with Layla from La 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 Let Me Explain. I will link her podcast and her Instagram down below in the show notes so you guys can check her out. The gems of her post are always in the captions and 
to me it's just been eye-opening and it's been nice to see you know just women supporting women trying to figure out the dating scene because it is rough out here and i had so much fun interviewing her i hope you guys enjoyed that segment and i will see you guys next week on vibing and valentino bye